Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy. Rob is the author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? A Guide for Creating and Enjoying Your Legacies Now. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Lucy, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe. You know, we've talked in the cafe about uh, ethical wills and legacy letters, and, uh, and and you probably heard my experience in doing mine, which I really, really enjoyed. But I was curious how this simple document can be so powerful in a variety of settings. Well, our next guest will shed a lot of light on this. Rachel Frieda has a Master's of Social Work. She's a marriage and family therapist. She's a senior fellow at the University of Minnesota's Center of Spirituality and Healing. And she was, I guess I could call her a legacy expert. She's the doyen of legacy because she knows how ethical wills and legacy letters can be used in all variety of settings, from businesses to healthcare companies who want to treat the whole person to spiritual groups to financial advisors. She's been in this uh, legacy writing business for 20 years, but intriguingly, she's been helping women find their voices by learning the craft and the art and the value of of writing legacy letters, ethical wills. And Rachel Fried is in Minneapolis. Hello. Hi. How are you, Rob? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. First of all, what hooked you? How did you find the idea of legacy letters and what was the experience that kind of sunk the hook in your lip and, and then you're still in the business 20 years later? Well, I was working with cardiac families, actually, and uh, I went to a summer camp, an adult study camp, and there was a rabbi teaching the ethical will there. And I had, been, I had heard of it and I, I was very curious and, and interested. And so I signed up for that class. And uh, while he was, I think, reading a poem to us, I heard a voice in my head. And um, I'm very grounded. I don't hear voices. I've never heard one before, and I never heard one since. But that day, I heard a voice say to me, turn this into a healing tool for women. Hmm. I was aghast. (laughs) I raised my hand up. I said to the rabbi, here's what I just heard in my head. And he pointed his finger at me. And he said, do that. It's an important niche. So I thought, well, voices in my head and rabbis pointing their fingers, perhaps I ought to look at this a little more seriously. Okay, so that was, that was the turning point. And I've been at it ever since. It's very, very satisfying and wonderful work. So turn it into a healing tool for women. So tell me, why did women need to heal? What was, what was going wrong? Well... At, at that time, this was before the year 2000, I think we have our voices a little bit better now, but uh, women didn't seem to have their voices to pass on wisdom like men did. And so since this was a document that was to pass on wisdom from generation to generation, I realized that the ethical will could be um, a template for the legacy letters that I wanted to help them write their resistance was huge. It was, I don't know how to write. I never did well in English in school. I don't have anything important to write. I just raised four children. It's like, wait a minute. What could be more important than raising four children? So what I did was I 
I made more accessible and contemporized the ethical will, which, which is a document to pass on blessings and wisdom from generation to generation. It started back in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. So, so I took the idea of blessings as the core of the foundation, and I worked out uh, an exercise whereby people could write a blessing in three minutes, or they could write a one-page legacy letter in 15 minutes. And th- I just to stop you for a second. So that was the way to, for those women who said, I can't do this, I have no story to tell, I've led an ordinary life, you had to give them something short and doable so they could say, hmm, maybe I can do I this. I can do this. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, that's, that's exactly what I did. And <clears throat> the people who had said, oh, this is a great idea, but it'll have to wait until I'm retired because I'm too busy. So thereby, the 15-minute, one-page letter worked beautifully. And once people had written a letter and, and experienced how powerful that was, both for themselves and also as a treasure for people that they loved, then they're on to writing other letters about other topics. You must have seen a whole burst of emotion when people hit that or broke through that, that wall. It's absolutely transformative, and it's amazing that in 15 minutes you can have that kind of, a, of an effect on people. As you began to, to help women find their own voices and teaching them the, the skills and with these short little three-minute and 15-minute pieces, I'm sure many of them graduated to some, some great storytelling. Now, let's sew in my, my kind, the man. How did you bring yes. them into the game? Well, it was always interesting. I would do a workshop for a group, um, and, and there'd be like 30 women and three men. And I had written the book, Women's Lives, Women's Legacies, Passing Your Beliefs and Blessings to Future Generations. And that was the only book that I had, and there was all, they would always be selling them after the workshop and so on. So during the workshop, it, inevitably, a man would raise his hand and say, don't you like men? <laughs> and, and I would say I like men just fine, except that my calling has been to help women find their voices and express their wisdom to future generations. So time passed. I've, I've done this work since 1990-something or other, and I had learned a lot. I, I have done a lot of work in a lot of different um, venues, and so I have a lot of wisdom myself to provide that wasn't in Women's Lives, Women's Legacies. And so in 2013, I wrote a book called Your Legacy Matters. And that book is a book, an intergenerational and for both genders book on legacy. My, my um, expertise doesn't change, but the focus on intergenerational and on both genders changes the quality of that book. When men and women are now fluid and understand the value and the, the power and the joy of writing legacy letters, legacy writing, do men and women, are men and women then kind of sort of the same then? Do they come down to just a, 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 the same level of humanity or are there differences in male and female and how they, what they attach, what they write? Well, I do think there's a difference. I think that men have not been given permission to express emotions in the same way that women have. 
So I think the storytelling is um, comparable for both genders, but I think that women uh, express more emotion than men until they get started. I'll tell you a funny story. I was doing a workshop uh, for a group of elders, and I had them write a letter to their grandchild. And after they had written for 15 minutes, I asked if anybody wished to share, and a man raised his hand, and I went over to him and handed him the microphone, and he started reading Dear Grandson Johnny, and he got about a sentence and a half in, and he started to choke up. And he... He, he just he couldn't speak. He was he was weeping. And he kept trying to hand me back the microphone and hand me back hand me his letter so that I would read it. So I took the microphone, not the letter, and I said, Here's the difference between men and women. Women can multitask. We know how to cry and read at the same time. <laughs> and the whole group laughed and he was able to take the microphone back and finish reading his letter and while he was still crying and that was very beautiful and it would not have it would not have been the moment that it was had I read his letter his power was what came out and that was beautiful we now have women writing we've got men starting to write I alluded to in the in the when I introduced you though that the, the power of using legacy writing, ethical wills, legacy letters in a variety of sectors, from healthcare to business to finance to spiritual groups, etc. Tell me how that started to evolve and um, what experience you've had in, as, you, as you broaden the appeal. Yeah. Well, I originally got invited to do reading groups, uh, some writing groups that were, they didn't have a particular bent. And then I started getting invited to spiritual groups, to church groups, to synagogue groups, um, to organizations that had a religious appeal. And then I, because I'm a social worker and I was working with cardiac families, I knew about this very big Minneapolis healthcare, well, it was tiny then, but a healthcare company that did home care for people. And I started to work with them and I became their legacy consultant and so I train all of their full-time staff so that they can see their clients and their clients are usually ill although we would like to have them as healthy people because we're talking about whole health and that the whole being matters but the fact that they've been sick brings them closer to the idea of their own mortality and they're more open to Oh, I better say what I have to say before I can't anymore. So that was the healthcare system. In the financial world, um, I always thought it was backwards. It was like I would start a workshop always by saying, how many of you have wills? And almost everybody would raise their hands. How many of you have living wills or advanced directives? About half, although that's getting better as time passes. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, how many of you have ethical wills? And they would look at me blankly. Because, of course, nobody knew what an ethical will was. So that would be my beginning. But my point is that for me, if I haven't figured out what my values are and put those down on paper, how do I know what I want to put in my advanced directive or in my will? Tell me about how financial people would use them. These are money folks. They're pretty cut and dried and they're looking for growth. They're looking for the, 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 their, their assets to appreciate. 
how, how do you get them into ethical will or legacy writing? I, I, can, I can say that the great majority are like you just described, but there are some that say, you know, I'm working with a whole person, just like the healthcare people do. I'm working mm-hmm. with a whole person. It's not just about their money. It's about what will bring them peace. What will make them really stay my client through their life and when they pass, that their children will return and be clients of mine. So it's very wise for financial people to delve into that. You're still continuing to to educate people on the power and the joy of this kind of writing. I do a a one-page email every month. I've done it since 2008. And it's called Legacy Tips and Tools. And it's just one page, and you can subscribe for free. How has my education increased on this subject by going to Tips and Tools or getting Tips and Tools once a month? Well, the, the Tips and Tools are on different topics. So, you know, you think you've, you've written one, one legacy letter for 15 minutes, and it's been very useful. And then it's like, well, what should I write about next? And so what these are are inspirational ideas on one topic each month. So, for example, I might do, um, I did one last month, actually, on the legacy of travel, the meaning of travel. And there's a reflection, sort of a meditation on one side of the paper, and then there are writing suggestions on the other side of the page. Uh, I've done them on all kinds of things, on friendship, on love, on helping someone that needs help, on remembering our past. We're going to be traveling a fair bit, my wife and I. How would I use the legacy of travel? Where are you going, Rob? We're traveling into Asia. Into Asia. How fabulous is that? Uh, So you're in Asia, and you're learning all kinds of things, and things are very different. Maybe values are different, but you're learning as you go because you're a lifetime learner, a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. And when you get back, you may want to pass on either some of what you learn or the value of travel to broaden who your loved ones are. So the legacy letter would be some sort of postcard-type stories of the things that move you the most. And would I attach this to my existing ethical will legacy letter? You could. There are a number of ways to do it. There's no wrong way, no right way. There's our, mm-hmm. each of our own individual ways. Often people will write a letter to their children or individually to each child, um, and they will put it in their top dresser drawer and expect that they'll be read after they pass. I am, I'm more of the kind that says, you know what? We're having a wonderful life. We're very, very fortunate. We have lots to be grateful for. And why wouldn't we pass these letters on now? When you have a letter, it may not be 15 minutes. You know, you may have gone back and edited it. You may have added stuff to it and whatever. But why not pass it on now so that you've developed a whole file full of legacy letters on different topics that matter to you. And by the way, I would say to your listeners, um, please keep a second copy of everything that you write that's legacy-oriented. I had the experience of I wrote a legacy letter to my children, my two children, about four years ago after I had read a book called My Promised Land. 
and I wanted them to have the book. So I bought a copy of the book for each of them, and then I wrote a legacy letter that I put inside. And uh, my daughter's house burned down. And a couple of years after that, not very long ago, she called me and she said, Mom, I've bought another copy of My Promised Land, but do you have a copy of the letter that you had in it? And I was able to say, I sure do. I have one on my computer, and I'll make you a new copy. I'm going to give you the definition of what I think a legacy is, and then tell me if legacy, letting, legacy writing ethical wills work. A legacy is something that connects you to people. It enhances those lives right away. You use your skills to get it done, and it makes you happier. And you're happier because this legacy could continue for, as you're here, for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And when you go you know you're leaving it behind to continue to affect people. So does, does legacy writing fit into that, do you think? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly how I, I mean, I maybe wouldn't use exactly your words, but that's exactly what I think. One of the things I discovered while working was that there are a number of needs that we have that we're not even aware of that get met by our legacy writing. So it's for us, not just the people who are going to receive our writing, and they include the following, to be connected, so that's the belonging part, the family right. part, yep. to be known, everybody wants to tell their story, to be remembered, everyone wants to be remembered, to have our lives make a positive difference, yep. to, to bless and be blessed, and finally, to celebrate life. What I see in the people that are writing and the people that I've worked with over the years is that it doesn't address all those needs fully. I'm not saying that it does, but it sure does address those things so that people feel more at peace. They're not carrying around positive stuff that they haven't yet expressed. But I think it's the values, the foundation, the sense that people belong in the world, that humanity is connected and so what I hope 100 years from now is that my great-great-great-great-grandchildren will know that they have a history, that they have a family, that there's a culture that provided them values, and that they have something to stand on in a world that keeps moving faster and faster and is often very chaotic and distracting from values and so on. Well, as all of you listening can tell, Rachel is a clear-thinking, wonderful lady who I met on the phone, oh, Rachel, probably, what, seven, six, seven years ago, and uh, I've included yeah. much, much of her material in my book because I really respect what she's doing. And um, so, Rachel, here's what we'll do at the Legacy Cafe. We're going to portray your book, Legacy Matters, Your Legacy Matters. We'd like to do that. And then this, it, nice. we'll, also, we'll also put a link in so that people come, can sign up and get your monthly tips, uh, legacy tips and tools. And, um, yep. and I hope this will serve to... Um, to get people to just, to, as I say, put their toe in the water as far as their own ethical wills, legacy writing, and knowing, know that, knowing the joy of it and, and the quiet smile that, um, yeah, 100 years from now, your, your descendants will say, hey, that, that person's blood runs in me too. Thank you so much, Rob. To get uh, Rachel's monthly newsletter, Tips and Tools for Legacy Builders, uh, please go to LegacyCafe.org forward slash free. That's F-R-E-E-D. LegacyCafe.org forward slash free. That's F-R-E-E-D. Thanks for joining us today on the Legacy Cafe. Great, uh, great chat with Rachel. And we will see all of you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. 
We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day. And remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe. Mm -hmm.